SBS Radio. Catherine Trindle, president of the New South Wales Aboriginal Education Consultative Group, is joining us on NITV Radio to talk about a new education program to address systemic issues that prevent Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students' success. Welcome to NITV Radio, Catherine. Good morning and yama to your listeners in my language, which means hello. Yeah, that's Gomoroi language, I believe. It is Gomoroi, yeah. yeah. Um, oh. It's um, Bindai. Um, hello and good morning all. Yama, should I say, back? You can say yama back, yes. That's definitely just a greeting. It just says, hi, how are you? That's great. And now I've learned a new Gomoroi word, yama. Now, the new project that is being launched is launched under the partnership of uh, several groups, including the Ramsey Foundation, uh, partnership with our Bridgenor programs as well, and the New South Wales Aboriginal Education Consultative Group. Now, tell us about the significance of this uh, program. Most definitely. Um, the New South Wales ASCG is, um, I guess, forever in debt to the Paul Ramsey Foundation for giving us this opportunity to become, um, I guess, financially independent and and self-determined. The New South Wales ASCG has been around for 45 years. It's a community-controlled, non-profit organisation. So, therefore, the money that we receive into the organisations to keep this sustainable is, or to keep, um, you know, the the organisation going, is basically... um, tied money to allow us to deliver a lot of our programs across the state in partnership with government and non-government organisations. Whereas the Paul Ramsey Foundation is going to allow the New South Wales ASCG to in turn um, run and develop uh, further programs that are going to assist our communities with our, while it is tied money, it, it's, it's flexible money in terms of being able to um, develop those programs more specifically for our communities and we are forever in their debt for this opportunity to serve. Yeah, and this program is launched actually in the sidelines of last week, March 17, was uh, closing the gap day. We had uh, the latest uh, figures and the latest developments, so which means this is a really big to be able to close some of the gaps that need to be addressed. Close the gap is um, it. it really imperative that all of Australia, um, all citizens of Australia understand the importance of why there is a close the gap strategy and particularly when it sits around education. Aboriginal people are the most, um, I guess, disadvantaged in so many ways um, and not being allowed to have a just education and that inclusive of, um, you know, student enrolment, it's acknowledgement of the way we are as First Nations people and the diversity which sits across country Um, and then being able to um, have our voices or our languages spoken within the school is improving but it needs to be embedded along with so many other things and options. While we would love, and I've never met one Aboriginal person or Torres Strait Islander person that said they didn't want an education for their child. What they do want is an access to equality and equity in terms of being able to participate in a mainstream world across all levels of engagement, including employment and pathways to traineeships and apprenticeships. So, you know, and the closer gap isn't just around education because it's also around housing. 
it's around the priority reforms in terms of the government working um, more specifically and changing the way that they do business with us as community-controlled organisations and yeah. the CAPO, which is a coalition of peak uh, Aboriginal community-controlled organisations. And, you know, there's, there's a partnership agreement with that too and an implementation plan. And we are really trying our hardest to get it out there to say, look, you know, close the gap terminology may be not appropriate for our SMOBs to be able to say that. But what it is, if you if you break it down, it really is around ensuring that we have um, appropriate access to health services which are culturally safe, um, ensuring that we as business owners can actually run our own businesses and it doesn't have to be tagged as being Aboriginal, it's just a business. Um, getting our students through to year 12 and onto university and ensuring that along the way they're doing that, not at the detriment of their Aboriginality um, or their cultural identity, but also in the fact that they can come out just as academically um, gifted and accredited as any other student that we have out there. And uh, the program says, uh, rightly, just uh, expressed it in a certain way, that uh, it will approach the this uh, improving education outcome really have a, a, a holistic approach aiming to support uh, the kids through projects from early childhood through to high uh, high school and other pathways to, to tertiary education. And this will be done beyond the school gates in all areas uh, that uh, the children would need support. That is correct. And... Um when it you know it really is around strengthening our cultural identity, and because uh, we know as we know as First Nations peoples that you know it was our voices which were the very first voices spoken on this planet, um, and you know that's both scientifically proven if it had to be through the Western eyes and the Western ways of knowing. But as First Nations people, we know um, implicitly that that's the way it is. But if you have a look at the way that the education system is structured. The history and the cultures is always um, shared or told through very Western eyes. So it is around us as local, um, you know, Aboriginal people in this country sharing localised, contextualised ways of knowing and being, the way that it is and the way that it has always been, so that we can start to implement change within a structure that is very rigorous and often um, is not flexible. So by having the AECG from a local and regional AECGs, we can actually support the embedment of that cultural knowledge into the system where our local communities wish for that to happen. So therefore, not only is it a learning journey for the students in those classes, it's also a learning journey for our teachers, our systems, and, and just embracing it wholeheartedly. And, you know, and I, I shared with you this morning when I just said to you, you know, Yamagaba Buliagu, which is just simply, hello, good morning, um, you know, and Nindai Gaba, are you well? And simple things like that. But then it's more around actually understanding the complexity, it's understanding the connection which drives us as a people to do, ensure that we do manage to achieve those outcomes that we self-determined and not by government. We self-determine what that looks like for us. So that's the importance that sits around CAPO and the importance that sits around the Close the Gap strategy. And the Paul Ramsey Foundation is going to allow us to do that, to build on what we already have within our organisation, but also then to develop and work more strategically across New South Wales in supporting communities where 
their voices may be not strong enough or where they are strong enough to enable them to also grow. Besides uh, the Paul Ramsey Foundation, you also have really powerful First Nations organizations. I can think about the National Indigenous Youth Education Coalition, uh, the Aurora Foundation with their new program, Redefining Indigenous Success in Education. You've got Nurangu uh, Yerbinia, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, supporting early childhood education and strengthening the AECG. There's a lot of uh, really hardworking organizations in there, and one that I would quote that has got some uh, really great uh, success is uh, the one I just try to say the name, I'm sorry for if I couldn't say it pro- correctly, that has uh, really achieved a tremendous success. Uh, when they had attendance of the 14 or 14 students who began the program. The Nalangu program, yes, yeah, which yes, is yes. Out, um, it's based at the scout camp, unfortunately, yeah. uh, in Orange. And the, it is successful because it came from a um, not so um, pleasant experience for the community out there where our students are often um, unwelcomed and, and disengaged and don't really have a place to call their own. So out of a tragedy which happened at, um, there was a situation that occurred at the high school. So these students were starting to be suspended and beginning to expel. So the local capo, under the leadership of the AECG and the Land Council, actually thought, no, we we can't let this continue. So they put a wraparound service, which is very holistic, It encompasses things from mental health to employment to housing to ensuring that they've got appropriate housing to go to. But it's also around building their academic levels in terms of literacy and numeracy and and, and science. But they're doing it in a very culturally appropriate way. And those young men who are out there who were once labelled as being disengaged and only going to end up you know, at the other end of the system, are now excelling. They're excelling, and the New South Wales AECG is extremely um, proud of the fact that we are going to be able to support them. We're going to actually lend the support of being able for them to employ you know, the staff that they need across that system. And we also have to be um, cognizant of the fact that this is just one option. This is just a pathway that works specifically for these students. And I question government quite clearly. Are our students disengaged or is the system not engaging them? We have to start to flip the conversations. We have to. Because, you know, the system really at times is failing our kids, but our kids aren't failing the system because they turn up every single day to what, contrary to what people believe. They need to be engaged in the process of education. So the Nadangu program at Orange is one of those initiatives that we are more than happy to be able to support those young men. And with the view of extending that across New South Wales, and we also have to remember that while our young men may be going through challenging times, we also have our young women out there too who are at times needing that same support and wraparound services. But I have to stress, this isn't New South Wales AECG state responsibility. This always goes back to our local and regional AECGs to drive the decisions and to drive the changes that suits them and their communities or our, not them, the wrong terminology again, 
but it's our communities that need to actually drive and find those voices for those young men and young women because they are our leaders today but they're also going to be our elders of tomorrow and we have to give them the grounding and the support that they need to be able to equip themselves with those tools educationally, culturally, um, emotionally, physically, so that they are, you know, they're grounded, they know their connections and, and they can go forward in the world as really strong, independent people. Yeah, and I have to give some numbers just to put things in perspective because when the program started, the average attendance of the 14 students who began the program in Term 1 stood at 52% for Term 4 of 2020, but this increased to 96% for Term 3 already. Before even Term 4, there were already almost 100% uh, attendance rate, which is just tremendous in one academic year. It is a hundred. Look, it really is, um, and, and I'd say it's got to do with the support that is in place within the community for those young men to feel that they have a place of belonging. They have a place to go to where people have a um, that the teachers are personally invested, and that they wish those young men to you know to get the education that they need but also to be supported just being youth and getting them through that really um, important stage of their growth and development as just young men and finding their way through the system so we're very supportive of that program and for the to just see the change in the in their attendance but not just only attendance their reading levels have increased. Their engagement has increased with mathematics. They go on country. They walk country. They are volunteering within communities. They're doing um, drop-offs for elders. They're, they're learning culture. They're learning dances. They're supporting one another. And they've got places that they can go to in terms of the community now, where before, sometimes they may have not been able to feel that they were strongly supported or they had a place to go. But they're turning up to a school or an educational setting. I won't say a school, but they're turning up to an educational setting that they feel welcome, they feel a part of, and that they can go in and be who they are and continue what they need to do to be able to, 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 to get onto that journey. Now, Catherine Trino, before I let you go, some, is there anything you'd like to add to the conversation that we may not have covered? Well, I think that we've we've covered quite a lot, but I, I um, encourage every single one of you out there, your listeners, in, in New South Wales at the moment, um, CAPO, or the Coalition of Peak for Aboriginal Community Organisations, are undertaking four weeks of community engagement, and it's given community the opportunity to have their say, tell us what's wrong, tell us what they need, and, and we will go back and we will lobby on their behalf back to government for change, change around accessing, um, you know, appropriate housing, appropriate medications, uh, appropriate, um, and what's appropriate to, to them in terms of their education, and have a voice. If people don't believe they have that opportunity or they don't feel they're able to, jump online and get someone to do it. Flick them an email. But we need to have your voices because without your voices, we can't really facilitate the changes that we can do we can go in and we will fight you we'll give you a hundred percent we will fight on your behalf but for us to be able to ensure that it's embedded across practice and it's around systematic change with the government 
that's where we need to know what we have to do. So look, I just want to say thank you for your opportunity of speaking with you this morning. The New South Wales AECG, um, like I said, has is, is been around for 45 years. Jump on our website, have a look. We, we deliver camps, we do language, culture, we train principals, we train teachers, but we also do so much more than that. We ensure that you know we're working together and, and walking together and working together um, in a united partnership agreement. Yeah, Catherine Trindor, President, New South Wales Aboriginal Education Consultative Group. Thank you for joining us today and talking to us about uh, this uh, new education program. Well, I'd just like to say to you, um, Gabba Yarada, Gabba Ninda, um, and Nindai. So have a great day and, and thank you all for winning and listening. How do you say welcome so I can say it appropriately in Gamaroi? <laughs> You're welcome. Um, just say Yama. Just say Yama. Yama's y- fine. Yama. Yeah, and when we're going, it's Yalu. Yalu. Yeah, see you later. See you later. Yalu. Yalu. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.